Hi, this is Alex Hicken with the Barry Hicken Bros Podcast, recording <laughs> episode 32 of season 2. We are the Barry Hicken Bros. Yeah, Barry Hicken. I wanted to thank the listeners because we had the most listens that we've had since May, a couple months. <laughs> Thank you for coming back and listening. Yeah, thank you for listening for the first time. Yeah, if you're new, if you're old, thank you for listening. You're not old, though. You're pretty young. Yeah, I'm old and young. I'm not talking to you. What the heck? (laughs) What? Me? You're not old. I listen listen to all the episodes (laughs) to see the quality. Of course you do. Okay, so what have you begun up to this week? Me? Um, I worked on Monday. I was asked to cover someone's shift, but that shift was confused with another person's shift that was supposed to be covered because two people text me at the same time. So I stayed like from 11 to 5. Mm-hmm. And then had uh, Tuesday, my normal day, and then had Wednesday off, went to work on Thursday, had my Friday off, and then today I worked just until 3 and stayed a little to finish a couple of things, so I got home like at 4, and then, yeah, I watched a lot of Pokemon this week, there's some new uh, things going on in the game, so I've been playing that also, so... Yeah. What game? Uh, and uh, Pokemon Shield. Something new happened. What's that? Uh, they just uh, updated the max raid, so there's a lot of water Pokemon. You can get, like, a shiny uh, Waylord if you're lucky. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so instead of having a 1% chance, it's a 2% chance of a shiny. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> So you could get it once every 50 tries instead of once every 100 tries. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Hopefully, because the event ends tomorrow, so I'll have to uh, pull not at nighter again. Yeah, just do it 50 <laughs> times and you should get it. Yeah, and uh, I, lock- I watched a lot of uh, season two. And there's a couple of things I thought were like interesting. I tweeted some of what my things were that I thought was interesting because, well, the first few episodes were just like little things they were doing in different cities they were visiting, so it wasn't really like story, it wasn't progressing the story, Um, Mm -hmm. but in one of the episodes, in episode, oh, in episode nine, he gets, uh, his mom gets his mystery mime, (laughs) the the mystery mime that's like... (laughs) always in their house and takes care of things yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's interesting because in episode 10 it's like a episode where they're out in the snow like traveling right but somehow this episode wasn't aired until in the second season because in this episode the um ashes charizard star charmander so this episode is like was supposed to be aired way earlier, but they put it in in episode <laughs> ten in the second season. So it's a Charmander. 
That's weird. Yeah, so I was like, why is this, like, why is there a Charmander? So I looked it up, and <laughs> apparently, like, after the whole um, Porygon fiasco, they, like, waited to air this episode. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, because usually they don't, I've never seen a snowy one. Usually the weather is pretty pristine and nice for the Pokemon trainers, and there might be some rain, and then they run into, like, some haunted house or something. <laughs> yeah. How how is the snow for them? <laughs> Did yeah. any of them die or get frostbite or Yeah, they had to like build like snow caves within the mountains and igloos to stay warm and Pikachu got lost so they had to save her from falling off a cliff. Pretty crazy. Pretty uh heartwarming. That's good. In the Snorlax episode, Gary is like saying, "Like, oh yeah, I gotta get, uh, I got my uh, all my badges," and he shows like Ash his like little booklet, and it has ten badges. That's pretty interesting. I thought that was cool because it means that there's more than eight badges. In the games, there's only yeah. eight badges, but um, <laughs> since in the game they couldn't make like every city in the anime in it or they didn't have it because the anime wasn't out yet and they have gyms i thought that was that'd be a cool concept for a future pokemon game you can like choose whatever gym you want to go to and as long as you get eight gym badges you can uh, like go to the pokemon league and they could make it like what they did with the IO volume it just scales your level so it's not like there's one that's super easy that you can skip or something or go forward to why would you need eight why can't you just get all 10? Well, the the Pokemon League always asks for 8 gym badges. That's why when Ash uh, showed him he had 8, he could still go in. Gary went beyond and, oh, I've 10. Hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, so after that episode, uh, they was trying to figure out, like, how, uh, why, like, Slowpoke evolves when... <laughs> shelter like bites its tail apparently the shelter like benefits from it because uh it can travel on land when it evolves and then it stabilizes Slowpoke, so it can stand upright so it's like a mutual benefit (laughs) yeah that makes sense (laughs) yeah after that the when they start the pokemon league there's a little ceremony they do it's reminiscent of the olympics they have a torch ash is like oh i want to carry the torch and then officer jenny says like oh you can't carry it only officially approved ones can and then like the pokemon league director said like yeah this guy has the spirit you can let him carry the torch and i like uh because the torch is actually a Boltress flame so that's pretty cool wow that's cool yeah, yeah, and that's uh, all the little things I thought was interesting from. Oh, yeah. and there's this, uh, there's this one episode that Clefairy is like in a UFO, and they just like <laughs> steal things and build a ship and blast off. And since it's not like built to like go out of space, it just like crashes to another city, and they do the same thing over again and like steal a bunch of stuff. And <laughs> you wouldn't think that Clefairy is like mischievous and stuff but that's what they do did you say that the pokemon league started on season two yeah 
Huh, that's interesting. Did you get to watch any yeah. uh, Pokemon? Yeah, you got me to watch the first episode of Journeys. What'd you think of it? Well, I'll tell the review without uh, trying. I try not to uh, spoil it because it's <laughs> one quick episode trying to tell the origin of Ash's Pikachu. I sent it to my dad because he likes Kangaskhan. <laughs> My thoughts is that I think that the story is not very original and it's too simplified for Pikachu because Pikachu is a really, really big character. I think the themes of Pikachu's upbringing is kind of the same old stuff over and over. Like Japanese people like to show the children being very independent and for some reason they have no parents <laughs> a lot <laughs> of shows are like that so yeah and then on also Pichu was raised he was somehow he was raised and adopted and raised by one parent which is also very common even more common than Japan's tradition of there's a lot of animated characters that only have one parent. <laughs> I think uh, the origin story is more insightful to the life of Kangaskhan than Pikachu. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, I think uh, that origin story is not very helpful to know more about the character of Pikachu. I think it's... Uh in my opinion, I liked it because it doesn't just, like, show him doing what Ash did. He doesn't just, like, leave his family and, like, find someone to be his trainer like some other Pokemon did. He's a lonesome person. So, I like how he, like, learns to adapt to family situations and, like, he has, like, stutters and can't pronounce things. At the end, you see through his upbringing how he becomes Pikachu, so I think that's a good good way to introduce him. He wasn't always a Pikachu, so it means there is some progression from that. I like that. Yeah, I kind of thought it was interesting how the progression and growth is not always have to do with strength, but also comes with maturity. You can grow mentally and uh, you can evolve. Yeah. Because it's true to the game's evolution uh, method. For me this week is a little unique because last week I was on the road. So my boss told me to take uh, some hours off to make up for extra work over the weekend. So I had a little extra time. I was able to use that extra time to post my blog and podcast. Yeah. That was my week. <laughs> I'm at work. Uh, I'm pro- I've been writing my journal that there's been some slow days, but I don't see any way I could have any slow days anymore. <laughs> there's plen- too many things for me to track and do. No, <laughs> I should. I think I've come to understand my industry and project enough to uh, be able to engage uh, without... Uh, running out of things to do (laughs) yeah 
Yeah, today was busy, but the other days during the week was super slow. So it was easy to keep up and it's not as stressful and the workload is easier to handle. It's uh, better to better work. <laughs> it doesn't feel so tired and drained than going to work like 10 to 5. It's like normal. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you get your um, smart device today uh, in this week? Yeah, I did. <laughs> you want me to uh, talk about first before um, you talk about, or you want to follow the order? <laughs> well, I mean, I haven't had a chance to watch much Overwatch League, but yesterday or the day before, one of the key players from San Francisco Shock had transferred to Atlanta Rain retired. So it's like another drop from the Overwatch League I thought was interesting. He didn't announce where he was going or if he's streaming, so I don't know, maybe he's just like done with it. <laughs> so he transferred and then retired? Yeah, he transferred to the other team uh the start of the season and now we're like almost done. There's like one more tournament left and he's retired, so I guess he's got what he wanted and had enough time in the league that he just feels like he doesn't want to. I don't know. I haven't really listened or researched into his statement, so. <laughs> yeah, on Thursday I did get my Upright Go 2. <laughs> the Upright Go 2 is a little wearable device. I got the necklace with it so I don't have to deal with the stickers and sticking it on my back. <laughs> I think that's kind of weird. <laughs> But that's the original design. I think it's a really good product. It's it's designed well, realistic environment where they try to coach you through. My first day was kind of interesting getting used to it. It shows you to start your uh, posture in the sitting position and... Maybe my posture is really bad, but I, when I stood up, my posture was different from sitting down and walking and all these. It's hard to maintain good posture in all these different activities. Yeah, I think I'm learning to adapt and make all of them work fine. It's a good uh, experience learning how to have posture. One thing that I think is interesting about how it works is that it has sensors and you calibrate it. So I calibrate it every day and on the first day my back was getting a little tired. At the end of the day when I use the upright go usually it feels like I'm pulling on like a rubber band (laughs) all the time trying to keep it up. (laughs) straight keep my back straight because my front part of my body is stronger and it's kind of a a war kind of a tug of war (laughs) in the evening just to keep my back up straight and yeah so this uh keeping posture is not just habit it's also uh, you have to condition your body to be more strong yeah there's probably a lot of muscles you don't use if you aren't sitting up straight. 
it's been good. I have noticed uh, that I I have a stronger presence. So my I, it's kind of weird to see myself have normal posture. <laughs> it's kind of I don't know I kind of feel like people might think I'm standing weird or looking weird or I don't know I'm not my normal self if I'm not hunched over and stuff (laughs) I was visiting with Josh today and I had my upright go to on and I was sitting up straight and stuff (laughs) I don't think he thought it I was acting in any different but yeah <laughs> I, I had something coaching me to have a different posture than I would usually have in that situation hmm. it doesn't seem like anybody has noticed <laughs> yeah probably isn't a big deal so uh, we have a lot of Google news and Android news. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited because maybe next month I can finally get my uh, Pixel Bud. Uh-huh. Yeah, they announced that uh, people on the wait list can keep an eye out for more pix- hashtag Pixel Bud colors coming next month. So <laughs> I can uh, finally get my quite mint green Pixel Buds so I can match my uh, favorite colors. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were going to say your OnePlus 8. <laughs> oh, yeah, my OnePlus 8 Pro that is still out of stock. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. So are you on the wait list? Yeah, I'm on the wait list. There's, uh, uh, nice. I mean, they haven't really said anything. It's, it's not like there's anything I can do. It's just being a, you know, it's like an email list. Basically, once in stock, they email you. Mm-hmm. They should just have pre-order. I don't know what's up with these companies. They should just do pre-orders and say like, oh, this one, they have like 500 extra people that want this. Just make 500 extra or something and just send it to those people. I don't know why they can't just do pre-orders for people. Yeah. Did you want to talk about the OnWatch? Or? Yeah, OnWatch is another app that I saw in it's a similar vein of a wearable helping me have better habits. Um, it's uh, not a new wearable that I bought, but it's a app for my Apple Watch. It uh, vibrates and notifies me to uh, try to not touch my face. Because that's one of the main reasons why uh, people get sick. Because germs go around and we might have dirty hands and we touch our mouth and stuff. On watch, if you're thinking about using on watch and you have an Apple watch. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a little crazy. Every... It, might go off like every upward movement that you move your hands extra uh, notifications going hundreds of times um but it, it does fulfill its function pretty well it's not super inaccurate it's taught me about uh touching my face i think it's kind of interesting because i 
chose this to have better habits of not touching my face or uh, have a higher hygiene. But one thing that I realized is that when you touch your face and stuff, you aggravate the skin. When you try to avoid that, you kind of become more cognizant of your skin, <laughs> trying to ignore itches and not touch your face just to resolve the feeling to <laughs> itch your face. <laughs> I feel like whenever I touched my face, I was like aggravating the skin and it came more of like uh, more than a hygiene thing, but like uh, skin maintaining skin. <laughs> it's funny. Not uh, not aggravating the skin for some reason. Hmm. Well, we know uh, face skin is different from any skin on a body because different. I don't know. It's different kind of skin cells because you don't use uh, face wash on your hands because it's just a waste because your hands are like meant for touching and your face is not really. <laughs> That's why when you touch your face, acne breaks out, the oils and spread and stuff like that. So, could help if you're trying to avoid breakouts. So, outbreaks of acne. This app is can also be for skincare, just as I have realized. <laughs> More than hygiene, you, you can't. It's kind of hard to not realize the other. Like I have. Now with the little things out of the way, we have a few topics. We have uh, OnePlus and the Nord 5G coming to US and uh, other subtopics relating to that. And then uh, the return of Geo. <laughs> Geo is uh, up and coming rise up in the tech industry in India. And then I have my uh, signature black hole topic of the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to always end by looking up to the stars. Yeah, you always have to be looking up. That's what uh, Thomas S. Monson said. Excited, the OnePlus Nord 5G uh, inherently is 5G uh, integrity, integrated <laughs> because it has a Snapdragon 65G mo uh, mobile. It means that within the American continent, it should be able to pick up on the 5G towers and signals. Mm -hmm. They uh, had a official comment, Thomas Lampin, he's uh, some kind of representative or... Uh, it says uh, the company's head of European strategy. He told Tom's Guide. It's a uh, internet. It's a website. They have like uh, how tos and news and stuff. Uh, said that uh, the Europe and India releases uh, will be a test to see how much demand there is, and if there's enough demand for the model, then the Nord could end up launching in the U.S. Considering the demand for the pre-orders we've seen, it's a uh, good odds that it's going to come to the good. It looks very well, yeah. Wow, that's, they need to do the study to know that. Oh, apparently. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and also in the, in the same vein, they um, also had a couple little teases about the camera. They said like, "Oh, um, I guess it was an Instagram uh, animation." It says, "If you don't like cameras, we really messed up." So they have uh, four cameras. They showed off. Um, <laughs> It will have a selfie camera with the ultra-wide 105-degree field of view. So it's not the widest I've seen. I mm-hmm. think the V30 I had had a wider view. Mm-hmm. But it's good. I like the wide view for selfies. It helps in, it helps in group photos and capture your surroundings instead of just having your face. Yeah. It didn't confirm the resolution, but it will have a 8-megapixel wide-angle and a 32 megapixel selfie camera. So it's two cameras in front, kind of like the old uh, the Pixel 3 XL and the V line in the LG before they changed over the design language. I'm excited. It says it's going to be less than $500, so hopefully uh, they are true to their word. Mm-hmm. Alongside that, they are also going to announce their OnePlus Buds, which are basically... I have a theory. It's probably... have You watched the uh, Marquez interview with uh, Carl Pei. He's the lead person at uh, OnePlus. Yeah, this Nord product. It's going to be a series of products. It's not just the Nord phone. There's going to be a yeah, bunch of Nord um, products. But he also was wearing some uh, unknown uh, true wireless... Uh, <laughs> earbuds that I I think those are probably the OnePlus buds yeah you can't wear anything else if you're a OnePlus yeah they had like a different shimmers like a, it looked like a blue gold like blue green like gloss mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm assuming that's gonna match one of the colors of the OnePlus uh, Noids it's supposed to be mm-hmm. like a cheaper uh, low end cut to the AirPods same look but one plus and yeah it should be promising did it, it look like the AirPods yeah it has a, a it has a little um, stem yeah it's such a bad design I can't believe they've stuck with it well it helps with the I don't know how much it really helps but it helps with the microphone being closer to your mouth yeah i kind of think that apple is just too lazy to design a new headset so they just took off the wire and (laughs) yeah they just cut off the wire and said it's good but and then they did change it up for cut off the wire and put a battery in it but for the airpods pro they actually uh reduced the size they shortened the stem and made it Fit. Yeah, they shortened it, but it still looks dumb. <laughs> this. <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, there'd be um, some really good competition between OnePlus and Google since Google has accent. I don't know if it's accent, but they leaked uh, the Pixel 4a on the website for a good minute, and it was mm-hmm. <laughs> it was taken down after his day on accident. It looks nice. It has a uh, similar design to, I'd say, the 3A. 
but with the four a module uh the four like camera module look with that little <laughs> apple watch little circle there in the corner the, the details of that the it's supposed to have the the 730 system on a chip doesn't say anything mm-hmm. about having 5g and uh it's supposed to have six gigabytes of ram a uh, bigger battery so 30 3800 uh, 3080 megamp battery and it's supposed to have uh, 1080p at 30 frames per second for video, 60 frames, and 720p at 240, so like for slow motion, stuff like that. Those are pretty weak specs. Yeah, it's uh, supposed to be a mid-ranger, so it's kind of like the Noid, which is also a mid-ranger. But this is mm-hmm. supposed to be also uh, <laughs> like a cheap model, around $400. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they should re uh, maybe they should rename phones. You could have like the low ranger and the mid ranger and the power ranger. <laughs> the power ranger and the ultra man. The ultra ranger. <laughs> yeah. So that's cool. It's gonna be uh interesting. If they do release a OnePlus Nord, I'll probably get that over the Google. I like the idea of a uh, OnePlus mid-ranger that's super uh, aggressive. Yeah, you got you got to support the mid-range killer. Yeah. Yeah, they've been uh, too much competition and they're going to redefine it for uh, a little bit. Yeah. Google is aggressive in more than one market also, so I think uh we can move on to where else they're going into. I think you're going to find that the OnePlus Nord is going to have way better specs than the Pixel 4a. And the Pixel 4a is probably going to be more expensive. <laughs> yeah, I've heard the OnePlus is supposed to have like 12 gigabytes of RAM. But it's a rumor. We'll wow. see. Yeah, that those two seem to be like rivals right now. <laughs> yeah, but we know like it's not all about hardware. Google is always perfecting and optimizing their software like even though they have one camera it looks like they have one camera on the pixel 4a before the 4xl came out they've always had one camera and they outperformed even like samsung and the apple cameras using their uh, ai to enhance uh, low light and things like that so yeah yeah Camera is hard to uh, compromise, but uh, yeah. Oxygen OS is uh, Android favorite. Oxygen OS? Oxygen yeah, it's a, it's a uh, one. Android favorite. It's a good replacement, I would say. They finally uh, updated their launcher, the Oxygen launcher, to have Google Dr- uh, Discover, which would be something I would mm-hmm. miss if I did go OnePlus. So I'm glad they did that. Because I use that all the time. That's where I find like my articles. I just refresh and <laughs> read whatever is there. <laughs> yeah, if you uh, follow us on Macedon, you'll see that I share my stuff from Flipboard and <laughs> Trevor shares his stuff from the Google Discovery. Yeah, Google Discovery is what came out of uh, Google Now. And Google Now came mm-hmm. out of google reader and google reader is dead so it's the last string i have of it yeah i gotta hold on to it <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> i 
and another uh, iteration that's coming out of the giant, like what I was mentioning, is India is partnering up with Google in a new market in India. Did you uh, read into this, Alex? No, I just saw that Google got 7.73% of Geo for $4.6 billion. Yeah, they uh, are coming together, Google and Geo, to launch a new Android OS. But uh, the main guy of Reliance Industries, he's the multi-billionaire in India, the richest guy, I think, there. Muskas Ambani. He, uh, apparently, this new operating system is going to be aimed to <laughs> new uh, smartphones that are... Since most of India is on 2G, the new Android uh, operating system is uh, going to be developed towards a 2G market. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. I know. I was like, more what? low key or something. Yeah. Not as demanding on data. Yeah, I mean, it could be good to have like very optimized apps and like, <laughs> limit your data usage. That's and stuff. interesting. Go back to Android uh, 4. <laughs> yeah, but now we have like a cleaner language and maybe they can simplify and create new Google versions and work together with Geo to make their own Indian light versions of Google apps. <laughs> yeah, Android light. Yeah. That, that's kind of interesting. They already had an Android Go. I'm not sure if they're going to optimize that yeah i saw that yeah it's for like uh also third part uh third country um markets to lower and lower range uh phones that they had exclusive partnerships with hmm. it says they entered a commercial agreement to jointly develop an entry-level affordable smartphone with optimizations to the android os and play store Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the Google CEO, he spoke at the Reliance AGM. I'm assuming it's some kind of meeting. Uh, it says, Reliance Industries and Geo Platforms in particular deserve a good deal of credit for India's div- digital um, transformation. The pace and scale of the digital transformation in India is hugely inspiring for us and reinforces our view that building products for India first helps us build better products for, every- for users everywhere. And Google is proud to invest 33,737 crore into Geo. I'm guessing that's like uh, rupees, some kind of version of their currency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he says uh, he is excited for the joint collaboration. That's cool to hear from the uh, CEO of Google that it's not just like the, the project he just has some random teamwork on. He's like actually in forefront of it. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> the CEO is right there at the announcement at the meeting. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's a new market, so uh, it's like a dedicatory beginning to uh, the takeover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Andrew's going to go from uh, n- 99% of the market share in India to uh, 99.99. <laughs> <laughs> Try to keep Apple out of there. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think Apple's having trouble in general there, so. You hear about Apple trying to invest and get a factory there to make phones for India there? Yeah, I heard something. They're trying to limit their factories in China, so they're trying to, like, have a site off of uh, mainland China. Yeah, diversify a little bit so it... Yeah. If something else happens in China, they could still get their phones and stuff. Surprised you haven't talked about any uh, new AR glasses yet, Alex. (laughs) Yeah, I always have (laughs) um, some glasses that I'm eyeing. These uh, geo glasses that uh, were shown... These are not augmented reality. They are mixed reality. Hmm. Do you know what's the difference between mixed reality and all these other realities? Um, I know Microsoft is in trying to capitalize on mixed reality also. It's basically working with your space in front of you and project, not really projecting, but like showing you what could be in your range of your like space, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's more like creating a virtual office somewhat. It's like creating your reality and your business environment in the virtual world. So it's kind of mixed. It's uh, it's virtual reality, but it's kind of reality at the same time because it's your work environment and you're working there might be making some presentations or doing a conference with people. But you're still inside a screen, right? You're not looking at something that's in front of you. Yeah, it is uh, not augmented reality. Okay. The glasses actually look better than any other virtual reality glasses ever. <laughs> they, I think they make it look like glasses also just to make it not look crazy. <laughs> I think that's pretty good. Um because virtual reality does not look normal. The design is good, but the arms of the glasses look like super thick, like look like they're two inches thick <laughs> on the side of your face. Hmm. It's, uh, it's good. They said that uh, it's like only 75 grams, so it's not too heavy for the head. I've seen some arms that are pretty thick, and it doesn't seem like it'd be that different from those. There's a lot of designs. It's not super ridiculous, but it just doesn't look anything close to normal glasses. I was kind of, I was saying that it looks like glasses, but it's not exactly like glasses. It still has bold hardware inside there. It says that there's a cord that you could plug into your phone to access the internet that you could use. So that's kind of disappointing, I think. You still need to, I don't know. We've kind of progressed to the headsets not needing wires. This is their first uh, product, so it's maybe okay for them for the first product. I think the app support is pretty impressive uh, for a good start. They said that they're going to release it with 25 social media and chat applications. So they're going to have a lot more uh, applications than most, I think. 
it's going to be pretty well supported there. So I think it'll be a pretty good start. So, um, so it is built in, uh, going to integrate with the Geo apps and mobile apps? Yeah, it'll have their apps as well as other apps. I wonder what the um, yeah. affordability will be since it's a emerging market. It should be like less than $300. Yeah, they were saying that uh, they're quoting the price of how expensive the Bose and the Snapchat spectacles are. And they're saying that the release date and the price has not been released, but... It's expected to be more affordable than those two devices. Did you say if they were working with anyone or they're just like making it all on their own? Yeah, I think they're doing it on their own. It's pretty incredible how they just, they kept all these products. You're saying that Geo is a rising tech giant and we didn't even see any, the products didn't really make any headlines until recently yeah like three weeks <laughs> and ago. now they're releasing a mixed <laughs> reality glasses it's a uh, incredible development with very little leaking no leaking at all <laughs> yeah it seems like they have a big uh some big shoes to fill in india and it seems like google is there to back them up and they have a lot of investment from big tech companies, so hopefully they pro- uh, deliver what they promise and have good experiences for the Indian people. Yeah, I thought about using mixed reality. I think it's really cool. You could set up your office how you want it to look. I have thought, yeah, my laptop that I have is really small and it's not really or it doesn't really work very well for me. I have to use my iPad with it to be able to like have my screens function normally. <laughs> I like to have split screens and have it function well. And if I had mixed reality, I'd be able to have a big gigantic screen and have everything all set up all nice. I think if I had normal glasses that actually look like normal sunglasses or whatever I were wearing, it'd be I'd rather wear that than just like be wearing like some weird like the VR goggles. <laughs> like somebody walks into my office and he's like, "Hey, what's going on?" <laughs> it'd be cool if it was we have yeah some real glasses and you can just like turn off somehow the. Um, screen so you can just look through the lenses as a normal pair i don't think we've gone that far in tech though so yeah the the prototype or final product looks uh, pretty realistic it's not very intimidating i don't think yeah i guess you could just like put it on your forehead or something when you're not using them like you would (laughs) normal sunglasses (laughs) Yeah, people walk in and have like random questions in the office and I'm if I'm just like in my world and virtual with this big fat thing on my face <laughs> maybe What I was just thinking maybe like Yeah, <laughs> uh, your company since you're like so um into Google they sh- maybe everyone should like uh 
work yeah and get something <laughs> similar from like a different company and uh <laughs> everyone could like have their uh mixed me reality and then like maybe make a uh, virtual reality like office or like if you're in the office and someone can just like walk in on it <laughs> and like you can see them in your <laughs> in your virtual reality uh mixed reality office they're saying that they try to go above and beyond what had been developed and have the setting in this mixed reality where you feel like you're in the same room as somebody. Yeah. I was exploring virtual reality like rooms and <laughs> the people don't look like normal people when they're <laughs> in these rooms. <laughs> they look like they're like floating somehow and they're, I don't know it, it looks really this uh, Geo product looks very professional and it's pretty impressive how they've developed so much and seems like we don't uh, know where all this development has come from and so yeah they could have just done what a lot of Chinese companies do is like reverse engineer and just code it themselves instead and say it's theirs. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, maybe if you blink, you might see a new glass in the next week or something. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I have uh, against mixed reality is like I feel like your eyes would get so tired staring at a screen in front of you for extended periods like I get tired of watching TV for hours so like on an office space that would be even more tiring yeah I don't uh, haven't thought about much about that <laughs> I'm more of a augmented reality person than virtual reality yeah so that I don't really have to think as much about the resolution and all that stuff. Yeah. For the end of the podcast, I have the uh, astrophysical topic. <laughs> um, so the headline is from sciencealert.com, and it's, For the first time ever, us astronomers have witnessed a black hole. Quote, blink. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of a blinking black hole? No. When we, <laughs> when I saw that, I thought I was like, I wonder if black holes are eyeballs, like of some heavenly being. Yeah, it's like the theory of absorbing you. the light, just absorbing, this just watching everything, and it blinks uh, once every million years. They start out. Um, Mike Michelle Starr, she wrote this uh, today, today, yesterday, the seventeenth, says that uh, there's a so black holes they don't glow right they kind of blaze when they're <clears throat> consuming the material around them. For the first time, astronomers have seen that blaze mysteriously snuffed out before gradually returning to brightness. And this black hole is clocked at uh, around 19 million solar masses. So it's uh, pretty massive. It's a supermassive black hole. And uh, 
it's powering uh it says they call it a galactic nu- <laughs> nucleus of it's 275 million light years away and it's in a galaxy mm-hmm. it's called 1ES 1927 plus 654 it says after 40 days they saw its corona like a uh, crown around it the glow plummet in brightness and uh, rise again to shine even brighter than before <laughs> and uh was oh, that the blink yeah, so they go into detail. It says this object, they saw a change of over a factor of 10,000 over a year. And even changed by a factor of 108 hours, which is totally unheard of and really mind-boggling, according to uh, physicist Aaron Carter of uh, MIT. Apparently, this corona is just outside the event horizon, which is where this last time you see anything into a black hole. The inner edge of the accretion disk. The accretion means like, gravitational like force pulling in right? so they were so surveying this is over like a year of like observation the op- automated survey was looking for bright flashes of light across the entire sky when it caught an incredibly bright galaxy 40 times its normal brightness then around 160 days after the flare the nuclei the nucleus like started to dim And then over 40 days, it just went black, totally snuffed out. Mm -hmm. It became undetectable, which is never seen before. Then uh, after that, the brightness just like suddenly climbed up again. And after 300 days, after the initial flare, the galaxy's nucleus was shining almost 20 times brighter than previously uh, observed. That's crazy. Yeah. It puts in question to like what actually happens within black holes and another uh, <laughs> astrophysicist from uh, a university in Chile he says no we don't normally see variations like this in an accretion uh, black holes and he says mm-hmm. when we saw it was real it was very exciting we had no idea what we we're dealing with so uh, no one we talked to had, any, had seen anything like this there's some uh, theories that um uh, could have been caused by something disrupting the magnetic fields. Mm-hmm. The other thing it, it, it mentions before the article is finished is something called a tidal disruption, which is new to me. A tidal disruption is when a, tar- a star is torn apart, and that's when like the flare of bright light starts before it like gets sucked in. Maybe it's uh, debris from the star that could have disrupted the magnetic field and after it rebuilt itself to be a more normal state. It's the astrophysicist uh, topic today. (laughs) It said there's still a lot of puzzles. Black hole blinks and we have no idea (laughs) why. (laughs) Yeah, it says uh Kara, the one from MIT, says uh, there's still a lot of puzzles and they think the star hypothesis is a good one, but they're going to be analyzing this event for a long time. Hmm. That's crazy. Well, that's it for you today. Yeah, thanks for listening again and for uh, uh, joining us. Do you have anything else, Chad? No, I uh, hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Yeah, it, the last one added a little character is fun to make it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Talk um, also, there's a, 
a new <laughs> album coming out from uh, Orion I saw on Facebook. Have, I don't know if I showed you Who? the band Orion. <laughs> I don't I haven't ever heard of that band. It's uh, <laughs> they're like a space opera um, super space group. Space opera music. They make pretty much metal opera albums, and they do it <laughs> once a year, every two years or so. They always have really uh, well-known singers and artists join them. They usually perform it, but in this season of the COVID, it, it'd probably be a lot later until we actually see this live. But they uh, announced mm-hmm. the the newest album. It's called. Uh, it's in the world of Transistors. The album, one of the songs that they gave us a little tease with uh, the lead singer of Camelot, which has a. They have one of the best singers, I'd say. It's amazing. A new singer I haven't heard of from Oceans of Slumber. This is a different band. Uh, it seems like they came out like 2015, so they're relatively new. But the song, when I heard it, it sounds like a uh, like a ballad. It's like first she sang, and then Tommy uh, from Camelot like comes in, and he's using a different style of voice, but it's really good. Like it's uh, a lot calmer than I thought it would be, and it does have a lot of symphonic elements in it, though. Yeah, I was going to ask you, uh, what's the difference between a uh, space opera and uh, symphonic metal? Yeah, this, uh, it's like a metal opera. You know how operas, they had like stories, stories that uh, they sung over multiple songs and there's a, uh, and there's, it's not just concepts of per song, so it develops over the album, there's different characters, each vocalist represents a certain character. Mm-hmm. Tommy Kervik will be one of the characters. Cammy Gilbert, she's actually from a Texan band, so I thought that was interesting. That's uh, Oceans of Slumber. Yeah, go Texas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the second part of the tease had a more like hard rock feeling, and it has uh, a singer from Twisted Sister, and the guitarist Joe Satriani is playing on it, so that's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm excited for it. I always like listening to them. I listen to uh, some of the older ones more than the newer stuff. I haven't dove into the last one before this. I always like seeing the the masterpieces from this guy. He has such a imagination for uh, composition and lyrics and getting people together to represent their poets, and it's pretty cool. So how many albums do they have? Oh, yeah, let me look it up to see. Let's see on Wikipedia. Yeah, he's named the. Oh, what's the name of the this producer? Album? Is named Arjun Anthony Lucasen. He's the guy that puts together this super group and composes everything. He gets everyone else to sing and participate. So this is the tenth album. It's going to release in September twenty fifth. Okay. Yeah. What's the name of the album? Uh, it's called Transcendus. And they only have the teaser out right now. Yeah. Okay, I'll uh, put that down. That's pretty incredible how this guy is able to get these great artists together. I never heard of them before. Yeah, they've had uh, previous albums with like the lead singer of Epica and some uh, like drummer and guitarist and the other members of Nightwish in it. And it's pretty cool. He wow. gathers together the best and they all perform and. It's awesome. Does he compose all the music too? Yeah, he composes, he sings in some of it. He uh, he does most of everything. 
I think he has help with the people he's uh, working with to have it fit their vocals and their play style, but he's the one, the mastermind behind it all. That's uh, pretty impressive. When was the first album? How long ago was the first album? The first album was 1995. And... <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I'm going to have to listen to his albums and see how it's evolved over the years and listen to the great artists. Yeah, my favorite ones are like... Uh, I like Into the Electric Castle. I've listened to that a lot. The Universal Migrator. There was a t- I guess it's two parts he released in one year. The Human Equation's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I haven't listened to the last two or three of it. I think I heard the theory of everything. Yeah, that one's really good also. I, I haven't listened to the ninth one yet, but the second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth, and seventh? Yeah, those are all really good. <laughs> like, you feel like... So that's what you've been listening to lately? What? Is that what you've been listening to lately? No, I haven't listened to it lately. I, I just saw this uh, announcement a couple of days ago, so maybe I'll get oh. back into it and prepare myself. <laughs> Yeah, only a couple months. You gotta listen to all of the operas. They are. <laughs> they did decent, actually. Like, one of them got 90th in the German records and 64th in the Netherlands. Human mm-hmm. Equation got 7th. The This other one that's binary name, it's got 2nd. The last one before this got 1st. They're really popular in uh, the Netherlands. That's interesting. Yeah, I'll have to uh, watch the teaser a little bit while I am putting together the show notes and get a hint of what it's like. Can you, uh, yeah, like... Yeah, I can link it to you. Link. <laughs> yeah, you didn't share it anywhere. It's not in the plan today. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's uh, the thing I wanted to add on. Trevor's uh, end of the podcast uh, special <laughs> message. <laughs> Nick shares his uh, music and Trevor sharing some music too at the end of this podcast. Yeah, and uh, we should expect Nick in a couple weeks, so that'll be fun to catch up and see what he's been up to. What week? In a couple weeks. Did you ask him? No, I haven't, but he... He, I think we know he's supposed to, right? I mean, it's the end of the month, beginning of August, so it's between that time frame. <laughs> yeah, it should be next week. Is, is would he be available next week? Uh, yeah. Or I'll, I'll is look he into that. Talking like he's busy or something. All right. Well, I'll talk to you yeah, later. next week. Uh, <laughs> the next episode is gonna be fun with uh, talking about his next music and. I remixed it, so I'll see if he wants me to put it in or what. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he did something to make it uh, more complete. Yeah, let's see what he's worked on. Okay, well, thanks for staying up. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks for talking. Uh, see you next time. I'll talk to you later. Bye.